Welcome to Tony Talks. I have Todd Gross Jr. with me. We met at Date with Destiny in West Palm 2018, just this December. And also, we got recently connected, reconnected, that is, at UPW LA 2019, just recently here in LA. Uh, One day after Todd moved uh, from Baltimore, Maryland to San Diego, actually. Um, Todd is a, uh, he's been serving in the U.S. Navy for 13 years and is a certified neuro-linguistic programming practitioner and, of course, is the founder of Breaking Glass Ceilings. Welcome to the show, Todd. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Todd, you want to tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself, um, you know, how uh, you got into all of these uh, different areas and that sort of thing? Yeah, definitely. So uh, I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland, like you said. I mean, I, I grew up there, um, born and raised. But the way, that I, the way that I was raised is that we never knew where our next meal was coming from, you know, and watching my parents work hard and also struggle, it kind of conditioned me to believe that hard work equals struggle. And that following me around, like it, it, it followed me in school also. So I, I struggled with school. I, I got tested and they basically said that I was basically dyslexic and that I wouldn't graduate if I didn't have a tutor. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. I, I just felt like a, a failure, actually, just hearing those those different labels getting put on me. And I was like, I I didn't really like that. And so I got determined to prove people wrong. So the way that I, the way that I actually made it through school is that I never studied. I just listened very well in class. And then I, for some reason, I was able to remember it, even going through the whole school year and being able to take the final exam. I could remember things from the beginning of the school year, just based off of what the teacher said. And, um, I graduated with high honors. <laughs> so you figured out how to hack the system. I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. So you you didn't study, but you learned how to hack the system. I'm like uh, Gary V, who did, who didn't study at all and just failed everything. <laughs> <laughs> and tell me, um, how did you get into the Navy? I, I'm kind of curious about that. We didn't really get to chat about this, but um, how how did that all start, and how did you get inspired to do that? So, um, like I was saying about the hard work, ego struggle, it was it was hard for me to have. Uh, connections even with people because I was really introverted and really shy. So I was just like, um, it was hard for me to make friendships, you know? And so I was just like, eh, I want to, I want to kind of get some connections, but I don't like the connections that I have, you know, it was, it was just kind of like looking at the, the wrong side of the, the spectrum basically. And um, I was just like, well, since all of these problems reside in Maryland, I was like, I'm just going to leave Maryland. And I wanted to do something different than what my parents were doing just because I saw them struggle. And, you know, my, my mother was uh, working at a bank at that time and my, my father was in construction. And so I was like, what can I do to where I won't struggle like how they were? 
And so I was like, let's go to the military because then it'll give me this discipline and I'll be able to leave Maryland. I'll be able to travel and everything like that. And, and so I was like, okay, what is something that I wanted to take a leap? So I was just like, I'll, I'll join the Navy because they travel the most. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. And so I went, took the test and I qualified, you know, did like the whole, the, uh, the in-processing, um, I'm trying to think of what it's called. <laughs> the, the whole, you know, setup for the the processing to to get accepted into the Navy, and so you had to right. do like physical tests and everything like that, and you had to go to boot camp. And boot camp was was okay, you know, it was, it was my first time really being away from home and stuff like that. So it was like a realization. I'm like, okay, I don't have mom and dad to kind of like lean back on, and not right. necessarily in the financial um, realm, but more in like a uh, intellectual realm so I couldn't bounce ideas off of them it was like I had to figure things out for myself um, and I was the type of person where I didn't like to stand out and I just I felt like because so many people told me that I was shy and introverted that I was just like supposed to stay under the radar mm -hmm. so that's exactly what, what my goal was when I was going through boot camp mm -hmm. I was going through boot camp I was just like trying to stay quiet and stay in line and do exactly what I was told so that way I wouldn't stand out and at the time boot camp was 10 weeks long and right at the ninth week I was exposed <laughs> and that was that was just because <laughs> that what was happened just, how were you exposed <laughs> so the reason why I was exposed is because at night is the only time that you're able to iron your clothes so they give you like 30 minute increments that you sign up on a sign up sheet for. And because I wasn't really an aggressive person, like I said, I'm, I'm under that identity that I'm introverted, that I'm shy. I just kind of like, I'll, I'll go last and just take whatever spot is open. And it was usually at three o'clock in the morning because everyone else filled in the other spots. And I was just like, okay, cool. Um, but as you're going down the line, there is the person who is walking around making sure that the person is awake so that you can go and iron your clothes. So no one came and made sure that I was awake at the time because we're not allowed to have alarm clocks. So no one came and woke me up. So I didn't iron my clothes. And so we have something in the military where we, we say your, your uh, uniform looks like it has summer creases. And then the new person in the military is like, summer creases, like what are that? You know, some are here, some are there. Some are <laughs> so that's what my shirt looked like. And so when we had to go, we had to go to breakfast. And yeah. I mean, the the recruit division commander, he saw my shirt and he was just yelling at me the whole time, <laughs> the whole time walking down to the chow hall to get breakfast. I mean, and he didn't let up. Like he just stayed on me the whole time. And I think, I think the walk was probably like a 10 minute walk and he's just on me the whole time. Why is your shirt? like You look like you ironed your shirt with a rock. You know, he's just saying all <laughs> of these other things. And in my mind, I'm just like, oh my goodness, I really messed up because my whole goal <laughs> was to stay under the radar. <laughs> and just because somebody didn't wake me up, my shirt looks like, you know, <laughs> like scramble TV. I was just like, oh my goodness, it's crazy. So... That was 
<laughs> that was my shining light moment in the middle. Oh, so. that's your shining light moment. You're like, I'm gonna stay under the radar. I'm gonna let other people go first, and then yeah. all of a sudden, you get like reamed out for ten minutes all yeah. the way to. <laughs> and I was just like, is he gonna stop? Like it, it didn't end. Right. It was, oh my goodness, it was crazy. <laughs> Never again did you miss another ironing day again, I'm sure. Well, I just didn't rely on anybody else. I was like, oh, yep, I understand you guys. I got your numbers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. So good. And um, what kind of uh, moved you into neuro-linguistic programming? What NLP? Like, this is this is something that not everybody, like, is curious about necessarily. What got you curious about that? So, um, as I was saying, like the hardware ego struggle when I was growing up, that started to like manifest in my life, like inside of the Navy. So, um, as I was working hard, you know, just trying to do my job the best that I could, I saw that a lot of times it was a popularity contest and it wasn't necessarily getting rewarded off your merit. So just because you worked harder than everyone else doesn't mean that you were going to get rewarded for it. And I guess, I guess you kind of did, I guess you kind of did get rewarded for it, but it was in a different way. Like you would just get more work. So it was just like, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, bust my ass to, to do everyone else's work. If I'm just going to get everyone else's work, like, I'm just like, you know, so it kind of like downplayed the whole thing. I felt like I was working hard, but again, that struggle starts to come up and that, that came with like promotion and everything like that. So I was just like, oh, let me let me ease up on what I'm doing and let me just do the bare minimum. And as I started doing the bare minimum, then I, my career started to take off. And I was just like, okay. You know, so then it just solidifies that whole hard work equals struggle. Because hard, if hard work equals struggle, then not working hard would be easier. And it was, that's exactly what it was. And so I was getting promoted. I was getting all the awards, all the achievements and everything like that. But it didn't make me feel any better by getting those achievements. And even though I got those achievements and it felt good, it was just like, okay, is this it? What's next? What's next? What's next? And I was always looking for what's next. And um, I... I had a pretty rough time at that point because I just felt like I was failing at a high level uh, because because of knowing that hard work equals struggle, I was always striving for perfection. So even though I didn't want to perform at a high level, I wanted to perform at a low level, but still be perfect. And that's, I mean, that, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, so contradicting. But it's yeah. just like your, your conscious mind and your subconscious mind are, are different. So your conscious mind is the goal setter and your subconscious mind is the goal getter. And so if you don't have those on the same page and aligned, then you're just going to have internal conflicts, which will not produce any results that you're looking for. And so the subconscious mind always wins. It always takes over. So as I'm striving for this perfection and I just realized that it's, it's not happening and, if you strive for perfection, because perfection isn't real, it's the lowest level of achievement, it's not going to lead to any type of fulfillment. It's only going to lead to comparison. And that's, that's what I was doing. I was living my life in comparison. And because I, in my own eyes, I didn't compare to anyone else. So I really started hating life. Mm. And 
when I hated life, like I would literally pray every single night that I wouldn't wake up the next day. And then I started having suicidal tendencies because I kept waking up. I kept waking up. I just felt like it was like a bad dream where every time I woke up, it was just every day it was worse. And so it led to like depression. And I used to be really, I used to have a really bad temper, really bad temper. Like, I mean, I was able to like flip cars by myself and I'm not, <laughs> you know, and I wasn't like, I wasn't training for like a strongman contest or anything like that. <laughs> it was just like that much rage. Like if someone right. says I had an anger problem, I was like, no, it's way past that. Right. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even identify with the label of being angry. I wouldn't, I was like, I would more associate with being mad almost to the point of being crazy, but identifying what was in me was more like rage mm. at all times. And if I didn't care about my own life, I didn't care about anybody else's. Mm. And, and, and bringing that into the military environment where you have so much significance and so much certainty where people have to assert themselves because they're this rank or that rank. And so then when they try to talk to you or talk to me, then I didn't really like the way that they talked to me because significance was driving my whole life. And before anything else, you weren't going to take my significance from me. Like I would literally die to protect my significance. And that's exactly what I felt. And so if I felt like I would die because of my significance, anybody else would. Mm. So it was just, you know, it was a crazy cycle to be in at that time. And as I'm getting higher in rank, then I'm, I'm having more and more altercations with higher ups. And, you know, and they're, they're trying to give me, you know, they're trying to give me their opinion of me based on me not working hard and still getting promoted, right. but still, you know, but still having that persona, like you're not going to take my significance away from me. Right. And so that, that was, that was a pretty dark time in my life. Cause like I said, if I didn't care about my own life, I didn't care about someone else's. Yes. And um, what happened is that someone reached out to me with uh, an opportunity to look into a direct sales company. And so they taught me about this direct sales company and I listened to it. I was like, Oh my goodness, this is so amazing. This is so amazing. So I was interested in the entrepreneurial world without even knowing what entrepreneur was. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh my goodness. Yeah, this is awesome. You had the, you know, some awesome products, some awesome opportunity, awesome compensation. I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm down. And what I didn't know is that direct sales companies are centered around personal development. And so personal development it was when I first heard it uh, people were recommending these books and I had this subconscious belief that I couldn't read and you know that I struggle with dyslexia right. and um, so I wasn't going to read them I would just get audiobooks but the, the content was so rich it was feeding me it was feeding me the the stuff that I wasn't getting at first and I was like oh my goodness I was like I've been looking for this ever since I was in school because school wasn't a challenge for me. Um, and then when I was in the Navy, once I stopped working hard, then it wasn't a challenge for me. So right. I wanted to be challenged. Yeah. And so personal development, it started to get me to focus in a whole new way. Mm. And I was just like, oh my goodness. Like I was just so like blown away 
that someone was actually speaking the language that I was looking for, you know, just talking about leadership and that, you know, failing forward and that, you know, your, your past doesn't have to equal your future and just different things like that. It was just like, oh my goodness, like I can literally change my life to be exactly what I wanted to be. And so from there, I was like, well, I don't want to do this my, on my own. I want to hire a coach. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I started to struggle in my direct sales company and people were still patting me on my back. Oh yeah, you're awesome. You're amazing. You're doing good. I'm like, I don't feel like I'm doing good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm doing good. Cause like I was, I was really good when I first started with direct sales. But then when I switched over to a different product that I didn't know about, then it activated that hard work equals struggle again. Mm. So then the hard work equals struggle. And I'm like, I need to get past this. Mm-hmm. So I, for a coach and so I, um, I went to a seminar out in Vegas and they were offering like free coaching and stuff like that so I signed the paper and I was you know turned it in I was the first one to put the, the paper in I was just like I'm ready to get past this like that's I need, I need it now yeah yeah I was like uh, I'm ready to do this right now so yeah. I, I turned my paper in first and I believe I was like one of the first people called <laughs> but um just like what they were talking about. And this is where in the call, I realized what my real struggle was. And it was hard work equals struggle. Mm. Believing that belief is what caused me to have the pain up to that point. Mm. That's where I was able to verbalize it because the coach that was on the line, he was like, Oh, based on your past, you believe that hard work equals struggle. And I was like, what? This is so crazy. (laughs) It just made so much sense because like I was working really hard, yeah. but struggling. And he just like connected the dots and I was like, Oh my God, like I need this. Wow. And so I enrolled in the coaching and the coach that I was partnered up with, he was actually certified in, in NLP or neuro-linguistic programming right. for 15 years. Mm-hmm. So as we were going through the program, even though it wasn't an NLP program, he was telling me the NLP behind it. And so for those who don't know what NLP is, uh, I basically sum it up is the study of behavior patterns and communications, how they all work together to get you the results that you're getting and how to change small things inside of the behavior communication and the patterns to get the results that you really want. So it's uh, essentially the study of human excellence. (laughs) Yes. And of course, a lot of what Tony does has NLP into it. I mean, he, he, he learned and he got taught by some of the best. And, yeah. and, and so therefore, you know, there, there's a lot of it in his programs and courses already. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And that's what actually what the, what the coach had told me, he was like, yeah, he was like, have you ever heard of Tony Robbins? And I was like, yeah, I've heard of him, but I, you know, uh, but I never really like been to his event. And well, tell us- a little bit about that then well when was your kind of your first event or what was your first connection to tony so i actually went to it was the same event in vegas where you know i signed up the first day for coaching and everything like that but on the last day of a three-day seminar they had tony robbins was was featured mm. and you know they had him slated for like two hours <laughs> and so anyone who knows tony knows that two hours is a joke <laughs> <laughs> anyone that's been to an event knows that that's a joke definitely yeah, yeah. so um so i'm um, i'm going to the event 
and I'm sitting inside of the event. And when, when someone comes up, uh, the main speaker, he's like, all right, guys, well, we have Tony scheduled later for tonight. And he was like, yeah, we have him slated for two hours, but I'm just going to let him go because Tony is not human. He doesn't know what a clock is. He's like, we're just going to let him go for however long he wants to go. And how is that? And everybody's like, woo, yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that everyone else like knew who he was and knew what we were in, in store for. But I didn't know. I was just like, I'm ready. You know, I'm, I've heard so much about him, but I've never like seen him live. I've seen like some of his YouTube videos and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I went, I went there and it was, the most amazing thing like i'm just waiting for tony to come out and they're introducing him and the, the music plays and it's like blasting really loud and everyone starts to stand up and i was like we didn't stand up for any other <laughs> any other <laughs> you know? LA, LA, all of a sudden we're all standing up for tony and they start playing like turn down for what and he comes out with these two big sticks and he starts like banging them together and everybody's like clapping and dancing and just like oh my goodness it's crazy <laughs> but it was it was just so awesome because it, it literally changed the energy in the whole room mm. to being in a peak state and uh like you just you could just feel the connection with everyone around you you know so then you're you're high-fiving and hugging people and i was like i've never hugged a stranger before <laughs> But I was like, this this feels pretty cool, you know? And I was just like, man, this is like the best feeling ever that I thought until we started getting into the content. And then it's just like being mind blown every second. It's just like, what is going on? That's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, like, that's that's very cool because, like, you got to see the experience of, other speakers leading up to Tony, right? Yeah. And and how that changed and and varied because my first experience was at a UPW. Mm-hmm. So like all I saw was Tony basically, right? You know, all, it was like full on Tony. Of course, like there was a facilitator beforehand, but more or less it was Tony, right? And 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 the way he wanted it, his program, the way he designed it, so forth, right? Yeah. But for you to see the contrast between the two, like that must have been a huge difference and just um, a, a mo- momentous changing event. Definitely. Hmm. Definitely. Because um, like, like the other speakers, they were amazing. And I can still remember a lot of the stuff that they said, even today, you know, and this was back in 2015, December, 2015. Right. Uh, they had some amazing content, but, Tony always talks about when we were in school, we were taught to learn a certain way to sit down and not do anything. And you you believe that you're doing something just because you're thinking about it. And so, you know, even if you're looking up at the teacher and says, oh, that's a nice dress or, you know, he has a nice shirt or he has big teeth, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, you're passively learning. So it doesn't encourage action. And so when, when, the contrast between the other speakers and Tony is that he made us get up and move. We yeah. would get up and we would have to jump because after learning the content, you weren't sitting passively. You were, you know, jumping up, shaking the building, you know, high-fiving your, your partners or, you know, hugging or whatever. It, and it just, it's easier to put your body into motion. Totally. Totally. Being in a paid state, of course. Definitely. 
And so then it kind of like translates over to your business or over into your relationship or over into your health. It's not just thinking about going to the gym, but actually getting up, getting in a peak state and deciding that you're going to go to the gym. So it just, it changes your approach in life. I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's, um, that that's the basic and first fundamental element that Tony always preaches is, you know, you, you got to know what state you're in right, before exactly. you, you do anything really. Right. So um, that's awesome. Um, tell me what's the, you know, you've been to a number of events with Tony now, you know, Larry's met you at two of them, um, you know, and, and I know that you shouldn't be, that you've been at a few others, but what's, what's one of the, you know, Tony has so many, you know, technologies and teachings and learnings. What's one of the, you know, teachings that you pull away from, from Tony's stuff that you go, you know what, when he said this really spoke to me. Okay. So uh, I would have to say this was my second UPW. So there was, it was this November, 2016 when I went to this event and for some reason, I could just remember what he said at each event. I don't know how I'm able to do that. It might have been my high school experience. <laughs> but um, but at West Palm Beach in UPW, he said one thing that really stood out to me, like it almost like punched me in the chest because he said, from the time that we're born, we're taught to tiptoe through life until we die. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. That is so true. Like how many times... Or your parents say, oh, be careful or watch out or make sure you save your money or make sure you don't take too much risk or, you know, don't get married yet or, you know, just whatever it is. But it's always coming from a place of scarcity, always play, coming from a place of scarcity. And it's just like it, it's subconsciously telling people to play small. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, that's that's why so many people are unfulfilled is because they're playing small through life. That's not even living. You mentioned to me um, beforehand, um, it's like it's like uh, going to an old folks home and hearing their stories and the regret that they're going through uh, because the fact that they did play small. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've been in just to kind of like do some volunteer work and I'm just asking questions like, oh, hey, so how's your day going? And all they can think about is the past because they they don't really feel that they have a future because they feel like they're so disabled or, you know, maybe they're older and stuff like that. But they don't have anything to look forward to. So they're just focusing on the past. And like I would say 85 to 90 percent of them are just thinking about the regrets that they had like oh i wish i would have told this person that i love them because you know i think my life would have been more fulfilling or i, I wish i would have wrote this letter i wish i would have applied for this job i wish i would have traveled the world you know i was always saying you know someday i'm going to go to italy someday i'm going to go to italy and every single year it was always someday and when i looked at the calendar someday was never there it's not an it's not a, a day of the week Uh, that's the one thing that we don't want to live with is regret for sure. And, and making sure that you, 
you take the the opportunities whenever they present themselves and and make sure that you you schedule it into your calendar make sure that that that, that happens for you because you know i i love um the program uh that tony has a time of life and right on the right on the front um it shares a, a quote where you know you if you can think about it or you can dream about it you you can see it and if you can envision it it's, it's possible but until you schedule it it's not real right, right? so mm-hmm. and you know for those who who hear that yeah i understand schedules do get complicated they they can get rearranged but guess what you know you can reschedule it again but yeah. the, the main part is you don't forget Right. Don't forget what you really want and you make sure that that does happen at some point in your life. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's actually, uh, I'm, I'm 40 now and only recently have I started to understand how powerful this really is because every time there's something that's like, you know what, that's kind of important. It's not a, it's it's not good enough for me to just remember it. I really need to put it into my calendar. I need to find a spot for this right now because if I don't find a spot for it, it doesn't come up again until it pops up for whatever reason, right? Because it shows its face again. Um, but then if it doesn't show its face again, you regret. You regret either the time you took to to before you did it or not doing it at all. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So Todd, tell us more about your your organization, Breaking Glass Ceilings. I mean, I love the title. I love what it's all about. And of course, um, Save the 22. Not a lot of people know about this uh, idea or not a lot of people know about what's going on there with Save the 22 either. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Okay, so um, Breaking Glass Ceilings. The way that I came up with it, and this was about three, maybe four years ago, the way that I came up with the concept of breaking glass ceilings is that it's so many people in life, they see a commercial or they see a lifestyle or they see a house or they see a vehicle that they want to purchase or that they want to live and they have no clue on how to get there. And it's just like those those people with regrets that we were talking about that say, Oh, someday I'm going to have this or one day I'm going to do this or, you know, you know, whatever the day is. Um, Then from there, I would see that that's basically like a glass ceiling over top of their head that they can see it like visually, they can visualize it, but they have no clue on what steps to take. And not necessarily just knowing what steps to take, but also even knowing that they can achieve it. I mean, a lot of people don't go after something because they don't think it's achievable. You know, that's like, yeah, like, oh, that's that's for the that's for those people. That's for the celebrities. That's for uh, the people that are lucky. I'm not the lucky one. You know, it's, it's that type of vocabulary that's being used at that point. And so. I was like, okay, so what can I do in order to help people move from where they are to where they really want to be and, and to live that dream lifestyle or at least pursue that 
that dream lifestyle. And so I was looking at it from like a corporate America standpoint. It's like they say breaking glass or they say you want to break the glass ceiling by achieving a managerial position. And I was like, okay, that's a good concept. But like, what's stronger than that? I was like, oh my goodness, if I'm sitting in a corporate building, I could be on floor number two and there are people on floor number three. So what might be a glass ceiling to me could be a floor to someone else. And so that person would be able to break the glass ceiling from the top and be able to pull people up to show them how to get to that next level. So breaking glass ceilings is pretty much about leadership, mentorship, and just continuing to climb that ladder of excellence. Analogy, right? It's like, because, you know, for a lot of us, you're right. We can absolutely see what, what is ahead or what we want or what we hope for or what we, you know, might, you know, have, might want to have in the future. But for whatever reason, there's a ceiling where we feel like we can't achieve it or it's not for us right now or it's it, it can't be done yet because I'm not old enough or I don't have the technology or I don't have the resources or whatever it might be. Um, but I love that analogy that you use about the levels because, you know, someone else, you know, wherever you are in life, there's always someone below you and there's always someone above you, right? right. And mm-hmm. I love that analogy where you say, hey, so it may be just another level where somebody can show you the way to get to level three, level four, level eight, 10, whatever it might be, by pulling you up to that new level. And therefore, now that no longer becomes your ceiling any longer. Exactly. Exactly. 22. What's this about and how, uh, why, why, why are you so passionate about it? So, you know, my experience in the military, um, I've lost so many brothers and sisters to suicide, you know, and they have a statistic out saying that 22 veterans commit suicide every single day. And I mean, and that sounds horrible. But then when you start seeing on Facebook or seeing on the news of names that you served with, And it's like, oh, my goodness, this is getting so close to home. I have to do something about it. You know, and so the mission for Breaking Glass Ceilings and incorporated with this Save the 22 is my mission statement. So my mission statement is to be forever innovative and adaptive to changing lives in the most positive ways to restore value in a world that's losing theirs, to remain bulletproof in order to make the bulletproof, bulletproof once again. And so when I'm looking at the the bulletproof aspect of it, those are those people who went through life and that's suffering from pain. Those are the people that, that don't feel like they can make it. And so all I'm going to do is remind them, hey, you're still here because you're bulletproof. You might've took some shots. The pain, it does hurt. But the pain is not there to destroy you. It's there to empower you to show other people how to get through it. Because there's some people that's not here anymore. And the only reason why they're not is because there wasn't someone there to tell them that they were bulletproof. And so, you know, a lot of times people are running from pain because it hurts. 
running from pain because it hurts and they're trying to run towards pleasure or comfort. But the biggest thing about pain is that it lets you know that you're still alive. Don't even know that statistic. Like I, I think in, in your, in your, um, in that bio there, it states that there's more veterans that will die here on, on, on our own soil mm -hmm. due to suicide than, than overseas necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's just a crazy like... statistic that yeah. I'm sure a lot of people have no recollection of or no understanding about whatsoever. Right. Yeah. I think the last time I checked, it's like almost six times the amount. Wow. wow that's i mean that's a beautiful thing that you're working through and how how do people get connected to you then in, in terms of get, getting help that sort of thing and 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 moving past potential suicide um so i mean uh, i'm on facebook so it's todd gross jr but you could also go to todd com, and on there i have uh I have a button on there where you can click on a button and you can actually schedule a session with me. It's a free session. We get to talk about, you know, what's really going on. We get really clear on what the problem is because a lot of times when you're looking at problems, like you're, you're generalizing it. And so if you're, if you generalize saying, Oh, no one likes me or everyone hates me, then we're going to dial that down to who is that? Or who are these specific people? that's making you feel this way or what is the specific problem in your life that we need to, you know, fine tune or maybe get over. That's it. Let's handle it. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Your mission. Um, I, I'd love to know more so that I can help uh, because this is, this is a beautiful mission that you have. It's just, it's just, it's something that speaks to my heart, you know, suicide and like, and it's something that, I mean, if any, though, for those of you have, I'm speaking to the listeners, for those of you who have not been to date with destiny, please go. I'm, I'm not trying to advocate for Tony or anything, but it's one of the few places that you get to see suicide victims potentially switch and change the way that their outlook on life, how that how that looks for them. I've I personally witnessed it multiple times being at multiple date with destinies, but this is something that speak I, I it speaks to me very much. Um and and I, I'd love to know more. I'll be in San Diego as well in uh, July. Okay. So I'd love to talk to you some more about that, Definitely. Todd, for sure. And um, and how we can help in terms of uh, in terms of growing this mission. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. Coming on to the show, I really appreciate it, guys. I'm going to put onto the show notes how you can get connected to Todd if you want to know more about breaking glass ceilings, save the 22, what Todd is continuously doing to help others. Um, it'll be all on the show notes. So I'm going to get that on there so you guys can get connected. And um, yeah, we're just grateful to have
being connected to you. And I'm so glad that you uh, you got out of your chair and, and reached out to me at UPW <laughs> yeah. because uh, we might not have had this conversation otherwise. So yeah, definitely. Well, I appreciate you inviting me on.